Welcome to the Bird Knife Podcast. My name is Adam, and I'm your host on the podcast where we discover birds and the people that pursue them. This is episode number 63, and this is our monthly Birding Life show, where the whole Birding Life team gets together and chats about all things birds. As always, the Birding Life show is sponsored by Outliers Coffee Roasters. To order coffee where every package you purchase contributes to a cause, simply click on the link in the comment section of this episode. The Birding Life is proud to be associated with Swarovski Optic, one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars and spotting scopes, as well as the Birdlasser bird logging app, Spot, Plot, Play a Part, download and install the app to play your part in social conservation. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the podcast to help others find the show. Please also tell others you know about this podcast. If you'd like to contribute to help us cover the costs associated with hosting the show, you can click on the Buy Me A Coffee link in the comment section of this podcast and buy us a coffee or two. So let's get into this month's episode. So everyone, welcome to the monthly Birding Life show. It's great, it's great to get to chat to you guys again. We've got Tyron as usual. Um, Calvin Harris is on the show again. And all the way from the Western Cape, we are really excited to have Mark Haystack on the podcast for the first time. And this is this is quite interesting. Tyron and Calvin have not have actually not met Mark up to now, even though he's part of the team. So Mark, this is your official welcome to the the Birding Life family. Sure, thank you, Adam. Yeah, how's it, guys? Um, nice to sort of, I don't know, virtually meet you. <laughs> um, I've chatted to uh, Adam for quite a while now. Uh, sorry, I'm getting my Afrikaans mixed up there. For quite a while now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I haven't met you guys officially in the physical yet, but I really look forward to it and look forward to this chat. Yeah, cool, Mark. Um, obviously, uh, we'd love to have you up here sometime and, and come and do some birding up in KZN, I'm sure sure there's plenty of places we can take you if you haven't been or any birds that you'd be after and um yeah it'd be great to get together with you man you're doing some amazing things with that uh with that youth podcast yeah sure thank you so much no i, I really look forward to getting up to that province um for my first time as a birder as well <laughs> I'm, i'll be super stoked with the birds over there well you say for the first but you were actually born in durban yeah exactly <laughs> i was i was born in durban um and yeah, we grew up there until I was four years old and then we moved down to, well, we kind of journeyed our way down to the Western Cape and settled here in George when I was just about four. So I've never been to KZN as a birder as such. Yeah, so what's always an interesting question is a lot of people, I know we've mentioned this before, but people have asked us before where we are from. So just so the guys know, so we're all from South Africa. Myself and Tyron and Chris Flannery is not on the podcast tonight. We're from Amams and Toti, which is on the south of Durban. Um, Calvin is from Belito, which is on the north of Durban in KwaZulu-Natal. And Mark is from George, like he said, in the Western Cape. So we spread all over the country. So it's really, it's really cool to get to chat tonight. So yeah, so guys, just just in terms of, we'll just start with our side firstly. The myself, um, Tyron, and Calvin, we did a trip this weekend to Tala Private Game Reserve. Absolutely awesome venue, like forty kilometers from Durban, and really a great venue. So, yeah, guys, what were your thoughts on the reserve this weekend? Yeah, it's always really wonderful to get to Tala. It's only a short, short forty-minute drive from from where we stay. And there's always wonderful birds to see as well as animals. And um, I really enjoy going in winter. One of my favorite things is to see all the aloes in flower. It's absolutely spectacular. We also had some good opportunities to take birds on the aloes, which is 
which is really nice. Uh, we stayed at the fish, Fisherman's Cottage, which is a wonderful self-catering cottage. It's got its own little dam with some stunning water birds there, like uh, African rail, for example, we heard. Didn't see it this time, unfortunately. Uh, when we arrived at the cottage, me and Adam were greeted to a nice flock of wattled starlings that had gathered on the flowering alleys, and I got some opportunities to take some some cool photographs of them. So, yeah, it was really awesome. I think, uh, Tyron, I think you're leaving out quite an important part of your er earlier arrival to Tyler. Maybe why don't you <laughs> tell, uh, tell the listeners about that, that event? Yeah, Adam, uh, we we arriving at Fisherman's Cottage after doing some birding, and Adam says, yeah, let's just go around this corner and have a look for some owls. This was just after the sun had set. We're only going to be one minute, so I'm just drive 50 meters up this road. Well, <laughs> it had been pouring with rain the previous couple of days, so the roads were hectically muddy. There's a big warning sign saying 4 by 4s only, Adam says, no, no problem. This is a four by four. We can go here, Tyron. We'll, we'll look for some else. <laughs> a couple of minutes later, wheels were spinning, mud was flying, rocks were getting stuck under the car, and we were stuck as anything. It turned into a two-hour ordeal with eventually two rescue attempts. And, yeah, <laughs> I think Adam might have learned a, a lesson there. I think this, this was about the time where... This was about the time where I was at the gate. I'd come up a little bit later than, than Adam Tyron, obviously. And um, and I phoned them and I, to see where they are. And, and Tyron was still telling me that they were still being extracted from the mud uh, the mud waller that they'd found themselves in. Then I, I managed to find my way down to the to the fisherman's cottage. Uh, thankfully, one of the gentlemen that, uh, that was on the night watch, uh, he drove me along there. And I arrived at the, <laughs> I arrived at the cottage and I just saw... Adam's car covered in mud completely it was just a, he t turned a charcoal ca a car to mud brown so uh, I was obviously laughing about that but uh, what, what what killed my laughter very very quickly was in, when I said to I said to Tyron after a long day's work I said right I'm ready to get the fire going let's start brying <laughs> I didn't realize that we were, we were, we were Tyron had bought uh, the equipment for a bonfire not for a bry we had bought these logs of wood as opposed to briquettes. So um, needless to say, after toiling for about half an hour to an hour, uh, we decided to cook our borovos and uh, and chicken societies on a pan in the house and all smoke, smoked out the entire house. Anyway, it was a bit of a comedy of errors, but it was great fun and yeah, great um, great, great time spent obviously birding and, 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 and staying over at Tyler. We obviously just got to say a big thank you to Shaul Fick and the team uh, at Tyler for putting us up for the night um, we had a great day we stick around because there's going to be um, another one of our videos coming out we uh, we're doing a birding life uh, review sort of um, an overview rather of, of Tyler Game Reserve and we just hope that you know you as a listener and obviously the viewers going forward can um, if you haven't been to Tyler Game Reserve can get a good feel about what a birder can expect there and um, and and it's so much more than birding which I think Adam will probably go on to a little bit later I must say something. Tyron is probably, and this he'll admit this, he is probably one of the least bush birders that there is in the whole world. But he made me so proud because we, we're sitting there and Shoal gets hold of us and he's like, okay, tell us where you guys are. And we're literally in the middle of the bush. We literally, 
there's there's no way to describe where we are. We we literally as as lost as lost can be, and we're trying to explain anyway. We kind of explain where we are, and Tyron Tyron has this moment where he goes all um, bare grills on me, and he literally the guys arriving on the top, then he gets a cell phone out, then he puts the lights on. I'm like, what the heck is this oak doing? And literally the guys from the distance saw the light. That's how they actually they found us. So Tyron had a you know in spite of the wood, he kind of redeemed himself for that. But the sad thing is, is the guys arrived there. Well, let me just say this. Let me say firstly, they firstly arrived there with uh, a four by four. I can't remember what make it was. Uh, they arrived there the four by four. Try to pull us out. That feels like a Land Cruiser. Stuck. No, it wasn't a Land Cruiser. We we honest. I wish Tyron had a video. We I was like thinking this this vehicle got stuck, and I thought it was actually going to roll. It was literally like tipping it. So anyway, that anyway the vehicle got out. They go back and we're going to get another vehicle. So eventually, two vehicles later to come out. We get pulled out of there. And but the sad news is they're saying, oh, on the way, and did you go? Hey, we we got we got Bronzewing Corsa on the way, and I was like, oh my word, we didn't see it the whole week, and these guys got Bronzewing Corsa. But but like Calvin said, it's an amazing reserve. I think it's it's one of those. It's not in terms of birding. It's not a Zululand birding spot. It's not one of those kinds of places. But it's just it's a day where you go out and you're you're going to get a solid day's birding. You're going to get it's a an eighty to hundred species easy on the day. And this is in the middle of winter. We got some really cool birds. I mean, Tyron was just saying it was quite nice. We saw the 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 Cape Longclaw and the and the Yothra Longclaw. They had you know almost like doing a little bit. There was a little bit of a, a resting match. WWE. <laughs> quite so. It was, it was quite interesting to see those two species. And it's it's a, it's a really Really awesome reserve. We got the ox oxpeckers actually on 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 some ox, on some cars, <laughs> so it was it was really a cool reserve. And and the food was awesome. The accommodation is great, and it's just it's one of those reserves like we'll mention in the on the video that if you're a birder with a family, it's great because your family are going to enjoy the wildlife and get to see the mammals that are there. There's a whole lot of really. I mean, I've got a there's rhino there. There's, um, whole lot of uh, whole lot of other animals and giraffe, which are always cool to see. So the family can enjoy it while you're birding, and there's a pool there, so it's a fantastic spot to go within 40 minutes of Durban. So I encourage you. If you haven't been to Tyler, it's a great spot to go to. And then Mark, I was looking this weekend down in the George, uh, down in George. You are doing some really fantastic work, um, just making people aware of nature. And I saw. This past weekend on Saturday afternoon, you did one of your life adventures walks. So tell us a little bit of life adventures and and tell us about the walk on Saturday afternoon. Alrighty, yeah. So life adventures outdoor club is an idea I came up with uh, just before lockdown uh, last year, and I, I did actually three outings um, into the Otaniqua Mountain. And yeah, well, I think we had about 70 members on the WhatsApp group eventually, but I, it, it was the idea of creating a family-friendly friendly outdoor club for the garden routes, just for um, anyone to join. We go on walks up in the mountain uh, where it's an open nature reserve, and we just go to the secret spots that I know of um, and sort of like I'm still going to be discovering. Uh, but just to show people what is out here in the, in the natural local area so that they don't have to travel far. So... I did three successful outings before lockdown came and then I had to stop obviously and I was like, what's the word? I kept on wondering, you know, should I start it uh, after lockdown and then lockdown ended and I was like, oh, come on, man, I got to start this again. And so beginning of this year, I thought to myself, yes, I've got to start this club again. And so, yeah, Saturday was my first outing and um, 15 people came with. We just met at the parking lot to the Garden Route Botanical Gardens which is actually where I go to school, so it's a very familiar area with me. 
And um, yeah, we led we led about fifteen of us up to the old George Dam, a little dam in the um, in the above the forest uh, in some fainbos habitat, uh, lovely indigenous bush and uh, um, vegetation. Uh, just it, it wasn't any birders in specific, not at all. Uh, some people and youngsters my age who were interested in wildlife who I knew. And um, yeah, they're they're just going to tell their friends, and their friends are going to tell their friends, and that's how I'm ho- uh, that's how I'm hoping the club will grow. But um, it was just a cool little location that not many people know about in the area because it's a it's a waterworks sort of or a channel that the um, municipality, if I could say, used in the 1800s for water supply to the, the to the the town or in that in those days the village of George, uh, where I live. And so it was just a, a little nice picnic spot for people to come and chill at. Uh, lovely scenery, walk in nature. It was a lovely day. Um, and I got a few birds along the way. Um, interesting one was, let's see. Well, I saw, actually on the way, I, I saw this weird looking bird. I thought it was a fairy flycatcher or a, a brown scrub robin or something, which don't occur here. Um, and I, I saw it and I, I started chasing after it. And I was like, wait, I've got to stop myself. I'm busy guiding a bunch of people. <laughs> I've got to stop myself from chasing this bird because I thought it might be a rarity. But anyway, it was quite su- successful. Um, and I'm going to be doing another hike in the mountain uh, in uh, one or two weeks time but um, yeah life adventures outdoor club that's uh, what i'm hoping to grow into a small little business of mine you know, for i know we, we we are kzn birders and for a lot of people might not have a lot of listeners we've got listeners all around the world so like i said george is in the western cape so tell us about it about the birding around your area what are some of your favorite spots so if somebody's listening to this and says hey we're coming down to george we've got a weekend to do birding what spots do you recommend what birds are going to get to see tell us a little bit about the the birding in in the western cape and around george specifically sure yeah for sure i mean um the garden route uh i've always said you know there's no there's no there's always a reason there is a reason that it's called eden that's the other name for the garden route uh this this area and i think that's because of the the variety of habitats here not necessarily that the the mammals and bird species is as diverse or biodiverse as kzn but uh the the endemics here in the western cape are are very prolific, if I can say. I mean, the, the Feinbos here is probably the main icon of this district. And the Otaniko covers shoreline, rivers, estuaries, um, lakes. It's well known for its lakes here. Uh, we have uh, important bird areas or biodiversity areas, I think, uh, declared by, I think, I'm not sure if BirdLife South Africa declared it, but uh, they're very much involved in the conservation here and sand parks as well. So there's quite a few um, protected areas by sand parks here where people can come birding, specifically forest and fainbos and Cape Nature Reserves also uh, protect a lot of the, the natural habitats here for birding. So yeah, then we have uh, fainbos, forest, then mountain, and then also a very special um, feature of the Garden Root area is the Klein Karoo, or Little Karoo in English. Um, and Karoo developed from a Khoisan or Bushman word uh, similar to how we say it today, but we don't ex- actually, actually know what it was, how the pr- it was pronounced uh, <laughs> in the original language. But it's just a dry, semi-arid, semi-desert, arid landscape, uh, which covers a small area of the Garden Route, which is, um, it's sort of, it's in between the Otaniko mountain range and the Swartberg mountain range. And north of the Swartberg is the Great Karoo, which extends to 
um, the Kalahari Desert eventually. But this is just, it's called the Little Karoo because it's so small and it's tucked between two mountains. And it's got some very special species there, um, which are Karoo species, which you, you only find there in the garden route. So it's, it's a lot of, um, it's, it's quite a biodiverse area in terms of habitats and variety of species um, for the Western Cape. Uh, I'd say the Garden Route is, is definitely one of the best places to come birding if you are looking to up your, your Western Cape list. Um, let's, so yeah, I think some of the highlight species here for Fainboss would be Cape Rock Jumper, Ground Woodpecker, Hottentot Button Quail. Those three is quite lovely spots to get, uh, namely the Robinson's Pass, which goes from Mossel Bay over the robinson's pass into the clan Karoo. so it's a lovely it's a lovely road if you want to go uh, through various habitats and then also just to mention uh, around mossel bay is uh full flake which means bird uh, lake or pan really and that is a place i have really good memories uh, i only discovered it last year with my friend justin ponder and him and i decided to go camping there one day after the pan had filled up for the first time in four or five years and we found two buff-breasted sandpipers there, possibly the first time um, two had been recorded at the same time in South Africa. <laughs> so we were so stoked about this. And the first record for the garden route, and that really, uh, I can say, upped our name in burning. It was such a cool um, sighting for us. And uh, yeah, we had about 100 twitches come there. But let me not get onto that story. <laughs> so yeah, I think uh, other places are the Nisner Forest, uh, Nisner is quite a well-known town in in in, uh, in, in the Western Cape, uh, where the Nisner elephants used to live, and there's one left. But uh, yeah, forest birding there produces Narina trogon, uh, yellow yellow-throated woodland warbler, Nisner luri, Nisner woodpecker. So some nice species there, and Nisner warbler, which is an endemic to South Africa, and I think it's it's rare or endangered. Um, and then yeah, let's see um, some species that are moving into this area of the Western Cape are black collared barbets and common uh, skimmitables or scimitables, should I say. Uh, so they're, they're not really specials, but they're new ones to the area. And there's a couple of species in the garden route that have their most Western range uh, that ends in the garden route, such as black collared barbet, Nisner woodpecker, um, and uh, Nisner luri. So yeah, that those are some of the habitats that are found in the garden route, and this is where I grew up doing most of my birding. Well, speaking about conservation, um, we are really proud to be the Birding Life shows. We are proud to be sponsored by Atlas Coffee Roasters, and in front of me this month's blend is the Sentinel Blend. And when you buy the Sentinel Blend, you support Valpro, which uh, is for conserves um, vultures. So, really encourage you to support um, Atlas Coffee. Not only do they make fantastic coffee, like some of the best coffee we've we've tried, but every bag of Atlas Coffee you buy also supports conservation and yeah it's great to know when you drink a cup of coffee that you're not just drinking coffee but you're actually making a meaningful contribution to conservation so support outliers coffee roasters we'll put the link into the comment section of this podcast we just thank them for sending us coffee and keeping us caffeinated during these episodes so um calvin you did a really cool trip up to a fantastic place cozy forest lodge tell us all about this about this great this great venue yeah, thanks, Adam. Um, that was, sure, it was two weekends ago already now. Um, and yeah, I, I just I just decided that um, it was actually for my birthday. My birthday is coming up in the middle of this month. 
and um, it was just a, a sneaky weekend away and there's they're, they're actually running a, a really good special at the moment and um, yeah I've, I've actually never ever been up to the sort of cozy lake system I, I'd always heard about it and um, I've driven past it on my way up to Ponta Molongan in, in, in Mozambique but um, just to give you a bit of an idea of where it is in terms of location so it's pretty much on the on the border of uh, of South Africa and Mozambique. Uh, so from my my place uh, in in Blito, it's it's about just over four hours. So it's probably a good close to five hours, probably from Durban or or, or certainly from from Toti where where you guys stay. Uh, so it's a bit of a haul, it's a bit of a drive. Um, and with that being said, I would I would highly recommend staying there longer than just the, the the two nights or the nights and a half that that i spent up there but needless to say it was the time that i had available uh, so i just went up there with my wife and um I, I had never really heard about it much um we we had been chatting to um cozy forest lodge to, to get involved with our directory and um and yeah as i said they're running a really really good special at the moment i think if i'm not mistaken it's about 1600 rand per person all meals included in obviously in your uh, in your lodging and um it's a really sort of sort of neat intimate like accommodation or lodge that's set in the in the cozy forest as the name suggests and um it's a mixture between sort of uh, forest uh, forest uh, um tented camps or, or luxury tented camps and you want for nothing here i, I can just tell you now that blessing, um, who's the sort of the the, the 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 lodge manager there, him and his team put on such a show. They were incredibly hospitable. The food was outstanding, and I mean, I'll get to the birds and and what can be found in the area at, at, in a later stage. But I think Cozy Forest Lodge, like many other places in South Africa, were obviously hard hit by by the lockdown and and travel restrictions. By their own admission. They they do target the sort of European or, or the or the foreign tourist market, which which makes it probably, you know, on the on the sort of high end or, or more expensive sort of side of of accommodation and, and a place to go and visit for, you know, the average Joe South African, I guess. But as I said, the, the special made it quite attractive at the moment. Yeah, and so uh, like I mentioned, the it sits in the in the sort of cozy lake uh, system, which which for those of you who who are listening and don't know the area, it's really really interesting. The cozy lake system is made up of four interlinking lakes, um, two of which are saline or, or, or salty and then two of which are, are freshwater so you get this really interesting mix of of freshwater lakes that that, that that flow into brackish and then saline lakes and then obviously flows in the outer mouth into the sea so it's almost like a, a miniature uh, isimanga liso wetland park in fact it falls in in the greater um, isimanga liso wetland park uh, uh, um, district if you want to call it that which starts at Malalan and then ends at the border of Mozambique and um, yeah I mean you know from a birding point of view it, it offers all of the the fantastic um, Zululand specials uh, you know just just to name a few it's a really great site for African broadbill although it is still my bogey bird and I still have not seen that bird yet but uh, you know you probably got a better chance of seeing it in summer versus uh, our, our winter now other other excellent sort of opportunities there palm nut vulture i mean there's raffia there's raffia forest that you go you can go on walks on there's you know reliable sightings of 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 narina trogan as well 
Um, Livingston, Taraka are calling all over the place. Pink-throated twin spot as well. Uh, some of the more sort of special birds in the area are also Rudza Palace, um, Woodward's Batis, which I was lucky to see. But one bird I was really, really hoping to see, and it's 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 it falls in my you know one of my top my top group of birds is um, Retz's Helmet Shrike. And for anyone that knows the white-crested Helmet Shrike, the Retz's Helmet Helmet Shrike is is a, is a black and sort of grey bird. And they make the most sort of interesting scratchy call that you can think of that a bird would make. It it doesn't sound like a bird. It sounds like someone rubbing sandpaper together. That's the best way I can I can describe their call. And I saw a flock of about five or six of them come through on on one of the walks. Uh, I must just add that uh, any guest that stays at Cozy Forest Lodge, um, you get two activities that are included. One one of which would be a uh, a sort of a, a guarded canoe trip on, on one of the lakes um, and then the other is a walk through the raffia, uh, raffia forest now we we opted for the raffia uh, forest walk and i was told reliably by one of the guards at the lodge that the the, the sort of canoe trip or the little kayaking trip that you can do it's really really good for seeing pals fishing owl and they hear pals calling there regularly so um, another great bird for the area and it's really like an enigma species and, and people search long and hard for it so um, I'm told that that's, a, that's an excellent spot to see it so I know, I know I'm probably going on about it but I, I can't just speak highly enough of this place and if you're considering it I would, I would really really give it a go um, I actually bumped into uh, Roger Hogg on the way up and um, he was also just raving about it when I told him I was going up there so for anyone that knows Roger he's an excellent photographer and, and it's a it's a bird photographer's uh, delight there because there are sort of trails around that you can go and walk and it's very safe and yeah anyway that's uh, that's my sort of uh, long and short of it yeah speaking about birthdays it's interesting so you're, you're also a june birthday i don't actually know that calvin yeah 17th of june she's so tyron myself and yourself for all i don't know what's wrong with mark and chris they're like out of it so yeah we all all the june day so you know where to send all the gifts up to hey guys come on now yeah <laughs> when is uh, chris's birthday by the way uh chris's birthday is in december uh, okay mine's in august so i was hoping we'd be lucky there being the same month or something but nah we're the odd ones out but speaking about birthdays, um, something, you know, I had last week's guest was Peter Harrison. And let me just say, one of the most fantastic podcasts I've ever had the, I had the opportunity to host. I mean, if you haven't listened to Peter Harrison's podcast, you've got to go back and listen to it. It was absolutely incredible. Not just a, a conservationist, but a storyteller. And, you know, you cannot listen to that without, you know, growing in your love for seabirds. And I listened to that and I just, you know, I'm speaking about, you know, Marion Island and, you know, the the the, 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 the threats that there are to the island. You know, I thought, you know, my birthday being this uh, past week Sunday, I thought, you know, it's what better way to celebrate my birthday than to try and do a bit of a fundraiser. And on Friday, I had a chat to the team and we put together a bit of a fundraiser. And the fundraiser I chose was to do a fundraiser um, for Mouse Free Marion. So Mouse Free Marion, um, there's a problem with mice at the moment. And for a thousand rand, which is which is not that much, you basically sponsor a hectare of the land on the island. What they, you basically are doing is you're helping them to eradicate um, mice on the island. And it's really, it's, a, it's, an, it's an amazing project. And I'm so excited. I just want to say thanks. I don't want to mention people's names on the podcast. We will, you know, say thank you to them at a later stage. But 
we've already we've already raised just over three thousand rand. I just want to say thank you to everyone that supports the Burning Life. And if you still want to support, we are keeping that fundraiser going till Friday. Uh, no, until Sunday, and I'll just pop a link into the podcast, the link of this podcast, and we, yeah, just encourage you guys to get involved and just support it. You know, if you can't give a thousand rand, you know, just give give something towards it, and let's let's you know, let's try and raise as much as we can, and let's try just try and make a difference. I really want to encourage you guys, and I've even spoken to the other guys. You know, maybe we might have some other. Um, birthday fundraisers around our birthdays but yeah none of that money goes into our account we we put all that money into the project that we're supporting so yeah guys just get behind it i really encourage you it's a it's an important um initiative i think so tyron you've just today posted a review on the website of an interesting book called sophie's safari sophia safari um the african animal let me get the name here so i get it right the african animal alphabet series so tell us a little bit a little bit about that book yeah, so it's not actually one book, but it's going to be a set of uh, a whole lot of books. Each book uh, features a letter of the alphabet. So three have come out so far, uh, obviously A, B, and C. Um, the first book is – so each book is based on a on an animal or a number of animals that start with that letter of the alphabet. So the first book is the art fork and the ant. Uh, the second book is the buffalo and the baboon, and the third book is the cheetah and the chameleon. Those are the three books that have come out so far. But they're really stunningly produced uh, books, uh, locally produced. Um, I've actually been to the game farm where the, the family that the books are based on. It's at uh, Bayala Nyala Breeders Private Game Reserve, which is actually just outside the Manyoni Game Reserve in Zululand. And the books are very fun and educational. Your kids will certainly enjoy them. The illustrations are are vibrant. um, And there's a lot of interesting and fun facts about animals. For example, an art fox can eat up to 60,000 ants and termites in one single night. So I've myself purchased the books for my daughter, Kerry, and I look forward to, to reading them to her. Oh, those are awesome. I think for people who are looking for books, those are great books, as well as um, Fancy's kids' book. I mean, it's fantastic books available for kids and for parents. I know, Calvin, you're going to be doing some investments soon in some kids' books, eh? Yeah, tell me about it, Adam. It's, uh, time, is, uh, time is ticking, yeah. <laughs> I think the, her, the, your child's first book has got to be Fancy's, Fancy's kids' book. I think that's got to be the first book on the bookshelf. No, I think uh, I think uh, the all the birds all all the birds of the world by links. They'll probably be uh, they'll probably enjoy that one more. I think. <laughs> Jeepers, yeah, I'm still looking forward to to getting that book. That's a flipping amazing one. But just on that note, um, I think for my 16th birthday, uh, a year or so ago, I asked my dad to buy me Fancy's Bird Book for Kids. And I, I didn't really find it ironic at the time, but, you know, other people might <laughs> that it's a, it's a kid's book, except that it's just so well produced and like it's something so different in South Africa that you, you actually don't want to miss it. I, I really enjoy the way he, he puts it, you know, and it's all simplified and so like flippant colorful and outlined and it's so detailed in a way that kids can be attracted to the book. Uh, I'm abs- absolutely loving my fancy's bird book for, for kids. Yeah, it's definitely one of those books. I think if you're a newer birder, it's it's a fantastic, fantastic book. So, 
Just in terms of um, our Facebook group we started, so the Birding Life Community Facebook group we started a couple of weeks ago, and we've just been blown away with how many people have joined the group and the support, not just from South Africans, but all around the world. And just a couple of highlights, and you guys can comment as we go through this. Mark Cronier, who was actually our guest two weeks ago, a fantastic birder, did some birding at Makomba Dam in Mpumalanga. Highlights, black-faced waxbills, southern pied babbler, Shelley's Franklin, crimson-breasted shrike, Kalahari, shrub robin, a scrub robin, shrub, scrub robin, violet-eared waxbill, barred wren warbler, uh, he said an incredible sighting of a vamba, sparrowhawk, ashy tit, caspian tern, greyback camarotera, and seven out-of-range swallowtail beaters. I mean, he's getting... Some fantastic birding in almost every single week, eh? Yeah, and then just next on the list, which is, uh, you know, Blessing's actually be hosting one of our podcasts the next couple of months, Sia Tembisa Blessing Majoka. He went down to Empecini, and Empecini is a great little spot just south of Durban, and went with Vornin um, Wilson and Penny de Vries, and highlights were Red Faces, Sister Color, Black Cuckoo Shrike, Scaly Throaty Honeyguard, Mountain Wagtail, and Crown Hornball. Scaly Throaty Honeyguard is, is actually such an easy bird to get there, literally is normally one of the first first birds you see that's an absolutely it's a great spot for that uh, i don't know how many of you guys have actually birded at at um in Piscini yet i know we did a little a quick day of birding that um uh, kelvin yeah that's right um i met uh, yourself and blessing down there funny enough and that's where we we filmed our um our first impressions video of the cannon power shot zoom um yeah no i mean it's it's i'm kamask is is obviously down on the south coast it's a little bit south of where you guys are and um i was blown away i mean it was such a great spot um we definitely i think we heard the scaly throated honey guard but we saw um great views of of the half collared kingfisher um there was uh, nazana taraka calling there as well and from i'm mistaken i think blessing mentioned that that's the the southernmost coastal uh, spot of it in KZN, if I'm not mistaken. Northernmost, I think. Northernmost? Northernmost in KZN. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's a north- northernmost uh, coastal. Then they occur inland in the uh, Hillcrest area and that. But then, of course, further north, it transitions to the Livingston Straco. And then Kim Thompson um, got a fantastic green Malkoa at Mdoni Golf Course. If you have not visited that spot, that is absolutely fantastic. It's a golf course, but they've got this little cons- con- cons- conservation area. Oh, what a what a, f- a great spot for birding. Um, it's probably one of the best spots on the south coast to go and spend a day uh, um, birding. Tyron, you know, you've done quite a bit of birding down there. Yes, I think it was also the first place that we both saw green Malkoa, if I'm not mistaken. Certainly it was for me. Um, it was also the first place I got Narina Trogan, and it's one of the best places in KZN for brown scrub robin. Also good in winter, obviously, for spotted ground thrush, olive bush shark. So, yeah, it's a really, really stunning place, to be honest. Wow, I think I better visit that place when I come up there, but I'm sure there's loads of places that uh, you could tell me about, Adam. Like, I can't wait to get up to KZN, as I said. Well, you also went and did a Twitch last week, Friday, for a bird. Don't give too much details because it's on your latest podcast episode, but what bird did you chase after? Okay, well, yeah, let me give you guys a bit of a teaser. Um, So, yeah, I was actually busy recording with a guest of mine, and unfortunately, he had some network connections. So, our podcast, well, uh, yeah, our interview got cut short. So, I said, yeah, let's arrange a time for Monday, you know, when you got your connections and uh, data set up properly and everything's fixed. 
And as I sent that message, uh, a message from the Garden Root Rare Birds group came fr- through, and I see African Crake down the road from from George uh, in Wilderness near um, the the Garden Root National Park um, main rest camp. In actual fact, it was at the gates of the Garden Root National Park main rest camp. And so I quickly said, uh, I quickly contacted Josh, my friend, and I said, listen, but can uh, can we jump in your car and go down to Ebb and Flow quickly? There's an African Crake. And so, yeah. Uh, I don't think he even responded properly. He just came past my house and picked me up, uh, grabbed my bins and my camera, and we shot down to Twitch the African Crake. And um, I think the last thing I'll say is that we got to the gate, and uh, yeah, we could see it from right behind the, the sandbox gate, and it, it just got better and better from there. And we explored around the sand, um, ebb and flow rest camp a bit, saw some more birds, and I gave a bit of a talk about um, some of the birding around the Garden Route National Park. So yeah. Uh, go listen to that podcast and let me know how you guys uh, find it. It's, I just want to just jump in there just with with regards to African crakes. Isn't it so interesting? And I, I don't know about uh, you you guys, Tyron and Adam, but I mean, uh, probably before last year or maybe, yeah, probably before last year, African crake in KZN was almost unheard of. And then we had that one in Umlalazi and they just seem to be popping up and more and more, don't you think? What's an African crake? Never seen one. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, fair enough. Well, you guys have seen corn cracks. You guys have you guys have seen corn cracks. So I'll I'll leave you there. It's a nice, easy toti bird corn crack. Yeah, and then just the the last couple of mentions, and these are just from overseas um, birds. Uh, Jeff Dahl, which is actually Tyron's father, um, got a moss lapwing in Cleveland in Australia, and then just which has been quite interesting, a guy called Jeffrey Solomon who stays in Northumberland County in Milton, which is actually in Pennsylvania in the US of A, um, got to, has really been putting some really great photos. I mean, Tyron can just comment quickly on this also. some uh, The two of my favorite were the Blue Jay and the House Finch. I mean, you just were talking, Tyron, saying he's really putting some really great photos on the group. Oh, no, they are stunning. It's very interesting uh, to actually see birds in other parts of the world. Um, the Blue Jays and Finches, yeah, then he's obviously got a good camera set up in that because quality of his photos are really excellent. And then, yeah, just the last thing um, before we end off, we really nearly going for <laughs> too long already, but what's really been cool, we just want to say, and um, just before we went on air, um, Calvin mentioned it, but uh, we're really proud of Mark. Um, he was he is more famous than all of us i know he's gonna have people asking for his autograph soon and all that kind of thing so you better stop practicing he was on cape talk radio last week saturday so we'll pop the link into the comment section of this podcast you can give it a listen to but how did that come about mark how did you um get that famous because yes you are just becoming super famous bro (laughs) <laughs> yeah well yeah thank you guys um so it's quite funny <clears throat> my dad was actually playing volleyball on the beach a couple of weeks ago and he met uh, jeff who's one of the hosts of the the cape talk radio and i think i don't know he just got talking about um things and jeff was talking about his outdoor experiences and my dad told him about my birding and uh jeff just offered for me to to come on the 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 radio and give a bit of a talk because he heard that i I lead a podcast so yeah the birding life youth podcast sort of got me there um but uh yeah he just sort of wanted to to let me have a little say about why birding for youth is such a cool thing because i mean youth day is coming up soon um and we're going to have a bit of a talk about that 
But um, yeah, I just I gave a little introduction as to how I got into birding and um, as to why I think it's it's cool for youngsters to get into, and it was a really cool opportunity. And I heard that. Um, so my dad just became a, a real estate agent, and he he was busy talking to someone who's selling his house. And the the man said to my dad, "So your name is Haystick?" And then <laughs> he said, I, "I know. I heard someone about. I heard someone called Mark Haystick on Cape Talk the other day. Are you related to him?" My dad said, "No, um, he's related to me." <laughs> and then yeah, so he told the man, "No, that's that's Mark." Um, but it's really cool how the word is spreading. Um, about the Birding Life Youth podcast, and I'm just really glad that it's getting out there. And it, it was, yeah, it was quite a privilege to be on Cape Talk. So thank you. Yeah, and if you guys haven't listened to the Youth Podcast, you it's a fantastic um, podcast. I know I listened to a few of the, uh, quite a, well, actually most of the episodes. And let me just tell you, I get something out of it almost every single week. I've learned so much from it. Um, there was the one with Luca Tomlinson and uh, Gabby, and they just spoke. And the stuff they taught about animals and nature, like, yo, I learned, was like an educational time. So next week's podcast, just to finish off, will be really exciting. So you won't hear my voice much in next week's podcast. Mark is going to actually host the podcast and it's going to be next week in South Africa is Youth Day. So it's going to be a youth takeover on the Birding Life podcast and it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to get all of our Birding Life ambassadors and they're just going to have a lot of fun and chat. So next week you'll hear, get to know Mark a little bit better and get to know some of our ambassadors. But yeah, we are so excited to have them as a part of our team. But guys, it's been good to chat tonight. And I want to thank you guys for, I know it's it's quite late, it's nearly nine o'clock at night. And thanks for giving up your time. And we look forward to to, to connecting again. And hopefully next show will be live in person. Sure. Yeah, I can't wait to do it. Hopefully up there in KZN, eh? Or you could take a visit down to the Western Cape, but uh, I I want to get up there a bit more badly. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Adam. Yeah, it's always great to catch up and um, yeah, looking forward to the next one. Yeah, thanks. We are proud to be working in association with Wild Books to help get all the best birding resources into your hands at a great price. If you would like to support the Birding Life Project and the resources that we are putting out, please click on the link in either the comments section of this podcast or in our social media posts. Your support helps us to improve and hopefully make a bigger impact. Be sure to head over to our website, www.thebirdinglife.com and check out all the exciting resources that we have on our website, including our exciting forum section to connect you with the world of birding, birders and exciting birds out there. Do not forget to follow The Birding Life on Instagram and Facebook. We really appreciate everyone that takes the time to interact with these accounts. Be sure to check out Birdlasser and download the app on either iOS or Android and keep a laugh list while playing your part in social conservation. As well as Swarovski Optic, one of the world's leading producers of binoculars, monoculars and spotting scopes. So until next time, be blessed and happy birding.